1: Hi there, and welcome to episode 277 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hi,
0: Megan. How are you?
1: I am great, and I'm excited about our topic today because I need more money. (laughs) Yeah, don't we all? (laughs) Or I want to hang on to more of the money I have, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, I know this is one of those things that we get a lot of requests about, um, topics on saving money, budgeting, and it's not something we actually have done a lot of dedicated episodes too on the show, mostly because I think we're both a little sporadic in the way we do it. (laughs) I don't want to speak for you, but I know for myself, I sometimes go on kicks, but then I don't bother to like organize the information around it. So this will be a good exercise for both of us.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I think it it can be intimidating because people who are into frugality and budget living are really, really into it. And there's all of these clever tools and apps and um, you can really like kind of get, get into that almost as a hobby. And neither you or I are, are that way. So maybe we also just feel a little like, who are we to talk about saving money for our families? But the truth is everybody's thinking about this all the time. It doesn't matter your income level, your financial circumstances, everyone wants to be smart about the, the everyday spending that we're doing. And that's what we're talking about today. Not, not necessarily like the big future rocks, but just how are, we, how are we keeping an eye on things this fall? So yeah, I'm really excited.
1: Me too. And it really, like you said, it really doesn't matter what your income level is or what your particular family circumstances are. Like everyone can clean up one or two or three areas of their spending and probably without even feeling it a lot. It's just sometimes a matter of like being intentional about a few areas of your life and making some small changes that can make, you know, lead to big um, results. So we're both going to share a handful of ways we're thinking about saving money this fall, maybe something we've already started or maybe. Mm -hmm of something we're planning to start. So I think that the like, it's not even an elephant in the room. It's like the elephant, you know, sitting in the world. world. It's just like the elephant sitting at the table next to you. It's not even something you can (laughs) ignore anymore is that COVID has really changed how we spend. And so I'm hoping we can both share a couple specific ways that COVID has changed how we spend and how now that like we're realizing we are this, it's not just a blip, like this is going to be with us for a while. So all of those random purchases we were making for a while, like that can't go on forever. And so, um, let's each share a couple of those. I'll start. Mine has been way too many random Amazon purchases and, and I've also expanded into other random kinds of (laughs) online purchases. So, (laughs) you know, that hasn't gotten better. Um, it's interesting because in some ways I've really thought about like, some of those purchases have helped me save money in the long run. I will honestly say like even spending the money I did on making my yard nice and putting like bird and squirrel feeders everywhere Mm -hmm. earlier in the spring helped me feel more satisfied staying home. So I do think that that had like a net positive effect. Yeah. Um, I just invested like $250 in some home gym equipment, but we're all going to use it. And the kids really need some physical activities. And honestly, the alternate in pre-COVID days would have been at least a hundred bucks a month on a gym membership.
0: Yeah. I was going to jump in and say, it does feel like random Amazon purchases are perhaps not out of control, but like, um, like you don't have a handle on, on the line item for that. Like, wow, this feels like a lot. Um, but I was going to say exactly what you did, which is that may be replacing strolling through the target aisle. I know you don't, you don't have a target, but many of us would be out kind of strolling, picking up things that maybe we do or don't need um, or or replacing things like you said, like a gym membership or like going out yeah. to eat. So who knows? It feels it does feel that way. I agree.
1: Well, and I definitely need to watch it because my house is beginning to feel like an outlet mall, uh, like an <laughs> Internet based outlet mall, because I'm just walking around like, wow, wouldn't it be great if I had this, you know, gadget in my kitchen and my, my computer is five feet away and I can literally have it the next day. So I've gotten almost too good. You know, I think mm-hmm. you and I have talked about it before how sometimes I'm not really good at paying attention to the things I need and buying them when I need them. And then I'm annoyed later that I don't have them. I would say it's switched now to where I've gotten almost a little too good at it. And You're I'm really, I'm a pro at buying stuff that I want. So I don't know. I, I think maybe one thing I may do is set like a like a budget line item that is specifically like random online purchases and maybe just use a specific credit card for that and then pay it off every month. I think that's one way sometimes when one of your budget categories is experiencing a a new and unfounded, um, (laughs) you know, just like some different activity, let's say one way to do that is to use one payment method for it. Cause then you can go back and be like, Oh, wow. I I didn't spend as much as I thought, or wow. I spent so much more than I thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I like yeah. that. Do you have anything else that's changed because of COVID?
1: Well, here's another interesting thing. So restaurant spending? I mean, I know for a long time I didn't spend any at all, but it's crept back up because here there's so much outdoor restaurant because of the Michigan thing I think and the fact that I live in kind of a tourist town. Yeah. It is it has gone back to being like a thing that people mm-hmm. are going and sitting on patios pretty often. And so it's not nearly what it was pre-COVID. I'm not going out to eat like anywhere near as much as I used to, but it's still possible to be in COVID times and overspend on dining out. So I know we're going to get into that more later, but I just think it's interesting how that category even now continues to be a big swing category for me Mm -hmm. where it could, it can really change the way my food budget looks very quickly and easily. And like, that doesn't, it doesn't take a lot for me to fall down, right. Um, like, you know, circle the drain when it comes to spending too much on food. So that's something I got about it. Like
0: purely in economic terms, the dollar per hour of a restaurant meal is, is higher than most things we do, right? Like you spend 50 or a hundred bucks with a group of people or part of your family or whatever. Um, you, you eat and consume that food and consume the experience and it is over. So relative to something else that you might spend 50 bucks on. Yeah. That is a, it's, um, it has a lot of like leverage or power on that as a line yes. item because it's it's over real quick. So it's not something yep. that then lasts you till your next, you know, other than till your next meal. So yeah, I can see that.
1: Um I wanted to share something really quick before you yeah. get into yours because you mentioned browsing the Target aisle. I set foot in a Target for the first time um and an old navy a couple of weeks ago when I took Clara back to school shopping. And I am no good at shopping anymore. I was yeah. so stressed out within like half an hour And it is different now, like masks are different and just being out is anxiety inducing, you know, and like Claire and I couldn't really communicate that well because we're both, you know, kind of mumbling at each other through masks. And so I was so irritable and hot and just done like within, I would say I was done within an hour. Like I didn't want to, I was like, we can't, we have to leave. I can't handle this any longer. So we went to Target and Old Navy and it was weird to see all these things in real life. Like, oh my (laughs) gosh, like this whole store. It's full of clothes. What? And I can just buy them. I can just pick them up off the rack and walk out with them, which was kind of mind-boggling. But it was also like, I don't see that being a temptation for me for quite some time to shop like that again. So that was interesting.
0: It is. And I haven't done very I, I have done very little of that kind of shopping. But with the move, um, I did one morning at Target and I went right when they opened. And I agree. I mean, I felt like I needed to be so purposeful about like what I needed and what I wanted. And so that kind of killed the joy, even though, I mean, COVID wise, it was very safe. I was early. There was no one there. I was masked, but it didn't feel like I wasn't ready to indulge just like a leisurely target stroll. It didn't Um, feel
1: relaxing to me. I felt like I had to get in and get out. Um, Yeah. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, COVID has changed a lot.
1: Um, Well, on
0: the, on the spending front, the, the other elephant in the room is that we up and moved our entire family yeah. um, because of COVID or, or prompted by an opportunity that maybe COVID presented. So it's all related, but um, I don't feel like we have a handle on cost of living, like averages yet. I mean, I know how much it cost us to move. I know how much certain things will cost utilities. And we did, we did crunch a lot of those numbers before we moved. Um, and I know that cost of living here is higher than where we were um, but then with COVID, we we spent we have spent so much less. Our biggest line items are travel. I mean by far. Um, because our family yeah. we have family on the East Coast and we do some big trips every year. So travel is a huge line item for us. And we COVID canceled, I don't know, half a dozen pretty big trips. We were we were becoming travelers, like both with our kids on our own, you and I, Megan, like. Yep. I want to say I was on airplanes like eight times in the three months before COVID like or actually not the January, February, but like Q4 of 2019. Yeah, I was traveling like twice a month either for work or with the family. So that that was like a huge cost savings that quite honestly allowed us to like have a little flexibility for this move, at least the one time move expenses like the movers and the you know, some things for the house. So what I guess how COVID has changed it, we moved obviously, but then I don't feel yet. Like I have just that, um, instinctual handle on the month to month living expenses here yet. Yeah. Cause it's only been two months. And so it takes time. Yeah. It does take time to, I could look it up. Like I could look up what are, what's my water bill and about how much are we spending on groceries right now? But it, when it feels like everything's changed, You need a little bit of history to look back and be like, wow, that was like, you know, the electric bill was high that month. Okay, well, we ran the AC for, you know, a week or whatever. So we, I don't have that. It's not like um, intuitive yet, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, And that's the biggest change, which is both kind of COVID and not COVID related. But there's also definitely areas we're not spending travel, kids' activities. I mean, My older two kids, taekwondo was wonderful and that was their main sport, but it was not cheap. We had started doing piano lessons privately. Um, What else were we doing? I know I had the fall where I quit everything, but there were were definitely other extracurriculars and we're not really doing anything like that right now. So it's interesting. We've had some big line items go away, which freed up some cash for this move. And then now I feel like, okay, now we need to kind of see what the what the baseline is and what the, what's normal. and will there be, yeah. I, mean, I guess there will be normal, even though we're in COVID, there will be normal spending. It just hasn't revealed itself yet.
1: Yeah. You know, a note about the utilities. I got a letter from the city because my water bill, like before they sent me the bill, uh-huh. they sent me like a warning letter, oh, Like, like FYI, your bill is really, really high this quarter compared to last quarter. You might want to look into it. And I think, and I haven't quite figured out what it was yet. I mean, it was so high that I almost passed out when I saw it. And then even our landlord even, because they get the water bill too. And he Uh like sent me an email and was like, wow, did you call the city? (laughs) So it the pool? Well, no, because we only had to top the pool off with maybe like a foot of water. And that's been fine. The rest of this, like, that's not it. I think there was a toilet on the first Mm -hmm. floor running Mm -hmm. that honestly, I kind of knew was running but like, and the plumber was kind of on their way and it just yeah. like, you know, and right now no one wants to be in anyone's houses and you have to go through this whole process. Like they have to call yeah. and make sure no one's been exposed to anything. And yeah. like, you know, we had been, like we traveled. So it was just, it was just kind of like, I think I just kind of kept putting it off. And I, I think it was probably the toilet. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing else. We're running water. Like there's, it wouldn't. And I, and then the landlord also had the pool all those years and he would have said the pool, yeah. would, you know, right. jack your bill up by three times. So I think sometimes, especially when you're in a, in a new place and you don't understand its quirks yet, you know, Yeah, maybe that was, there will, be, was surprises. It. There will yeah. be surprises. Yeah. And I think I should have just gotten the plumber in here faster. Lesson learned. I didn't realize a running toilet. Um, and we had like a leaky faucet too. That's also getting taken care of. And maybe it was the combination. I really don't know. Um, but that was like, oh, like I just, what? Or what <laughs> of, one of all your the children in my house. One of well, your children
0: is taking secretly hour-long showers.
1: I mean, it would have to be, honestly, someone's habits would have had to change so much that like, I just don't think, I yeah. would have known. Yeah. 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 So I think it was this plumbing thing. And I mentioned oh, to my sister, she's like, no, that can really, it can really use a lot of water. So yeah. lesson mm. learned. There's a lot to keep, there's a lot of moving parts to keep an eye on when you're adulting.
0: Yes. And I think it's we'll out. be getting those surprises for, you know, it, it's like, it's like, really on and off for like a year really because you move seasonally through a new house and utilities uh, uh, this is a much bigger house um I keep saying that it's like 3,000 square feet it's not it's not like a like a mansion or something but it's bigger than what we had before and it's it's very differently laid out so I think heating cooling water we will be getting surprises all year long probably not the good kind of surprises but exactly
1: exactly wearable well-being for your feet. Okay. So Sarah, I think you're going to kick us off. Um, Talk about one of the ways you are planning to save money this fall.
0: Yeah. Well, this one was a little bit accidental, but I was thinking about ways that listeners could actually do this even if it wasn't prompted by a big change, which ours was. So we decided to change our banking, our like main banking relationship that we'd had for gosh, probably 10 years or maybe a little longer, 10 or 12 years. Um, and it was and wasn't related to the move. We kind of needed to do it anyway. So it actually wasn't related to the move or COVID, but it all happened at the same time. And because of that, um, we had to go through and change everything that was linked to auto, auto draw from our checking account or our debit cards. Um, and I've had to do that in small ways before. Usually like my debit card gets lost or expired. And then you have to do it with a few things that are linked directly to that card. But because we switched our entire bank, anything that was auto drawing from the checking account or anything um, had to be looked at. And so we ended up doing kind of a full audit of all of our subscriptions and things we're paying for monthly and annually. Um, And it was very illuminating, as I'm sure I'm (laughs) sure we've all done this at some point. But it feels like (laughs) when you only do it in little drips, like, Oh, Hey, this subscription's up for renewal. And I didn't even know I was paying for it for the last year. Like it happens, but when it happens all at once, it is very eye Um, so Brian and I kind of both took a crack. Like we, I think he just exported like all of our transactions and went through and like, you know, found the ones that were recurring or automatic. And he took care of switching some of them. And then he handed the list to me and I took care of the ones that were, um, you know, linked to some account that I had. And it was just a good, a good decluttering, if you will, of that side of our personal finances. Um, it's not like I found any major, like, you know, like faucet leak to use the analogy where something where we were paying for something we just like didn't even use. We found a few of those, um, I will say that streaming services and anything media subscription related, those are very tricky. I, at one point I, I had a fraud alert on, this is actually before we did all this, but I had a fraud alert that alerted me about some Amazon purchase. And I was like, I didn't, I don't, I don't purchase, uh, not, i um, sorry, not Amazon, like ordering something you need from right. Amazon, but like their media side, like yeah. Amazon prime video, that kind of stuff. I don't buy media or music or movies or rent stuff from there very very rarely. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't do this. It's fraud." And I looked into it, and I was paying 6.99 a month for some add-on to Prime Video and it was something yeah. the kids had wanted to watch at some point. I signed up for the free trial. So yeah. I those think free app, trials will
1: get you. They do, man. <laughs>
0: yeah. So apps and media, anything that you you're not physically, it's not like a magazine that's showing up to your house or like a right. service that you're actually using. So it's so slippery. So anyway, I guess the way we're saving money is we were forced to go through all of that and reestablish auto payments to anything that we wanted to continue. And it was just a great exercise in awareness of all those things and i think anybody could do that. So even if you don't use like mint or you used every dollar, right, Megan when yeah. you did your budget. So yep. if you're not into those budgeting apps, i think you can still do this really easily. You, you can just log into your bank and like export to an excel spreadsheet your all your transactions for the last like 90 days or whatever you want to do and and just eyeball it. Like anything that is recurring or anything that you, you know, it's not a purchase where you went to the grocery store or you ordered from a restaurant. It's something you know it's those 399 699 you know mm-hmm. it's those little things and just make sure it's what you want so i think i think anybody could do that and we were kind of forced to but it was a great exercise and i do think it will save us money going forward
1: um i love that idea and another nice thing about doing an audit into like or a, uh, an export into excel is that if depending on how your brain works um you can organize the file differently so Sometimes when I've done things like that in the past, what I've done is sort it by dollar amount because that'll yeah, that'll show idea. you the ones that are like in that six ninety dollars 99 $7.99, dollars like where all those subscription things tend to be. And yes. then you'll see patterns of like, why am I spending $6.99 a month, um, three months in a row, which sometimes would flag it in my brain more than seeing the merchant That's because so the merchant might have just been a one-time thing. So yeah. That's it's like so a way smart. to cross reference. Yeah, yeah. And I've had plenty of those. Like we've signed up for so many. Oh, I think I told you about the fact that I signed up for a free trial on Super Bowl Sunday because <laughs> I wanted to get the game. Yeah. And I didn't have any way to watch it because all we have is internet. We don't have any cable. And so I didn't realize that whatever I signed up for was like 50 bucks a month. Like, and oh my it, gosh, and yeah. I forgot to, um, I forgot to delete it or whatever, or, or cancel it. So then I had to find Then I just watched all of Schitt's Creek, um, yeah. to make take, up for it, that. you know, <laughs> take that. That's worth and $50 then, by the way, but then it expired so that I did, you know, then I did cancel it and it canceled the day the final episode came out. I, remember I think I've already that. told you I about this. Like what yeah, a I bummer. remember that
0: part. <laughs> I didn't know that it was tied to the Super Bowl. But. I
1: know it was all very, it was all very convoluted how this came about. Um, but I still have yet to, I heard it's coming on Netflix in October. Anyway, sorry, that is a total side note, but um okay. yeah, it happens. Ugh. Yeah, it happens.
0: Okay, so what about you? What's your well first mine ties way?
1: in pretty well with yours? Um, and my tip or my I guess strategy or tactic that I've kind of put into play is to get some professional help. And I I am not talking about a therapist in this case, uh though I'm also pro therapy. But um I hired over the summer a uh financial planner and and basically not to invest. This is not the kind of financial planner, although he does do that as well, but this was purely personal finance. Like let's get into all your stuff and see where you're losing money or where you Mm -hmm. could move things around. And, um, I've actually put him on pause for, um, August and September because things were just moving really fast. And I was, you know, traveling a lot and end of summer stuff in school. But, but what was great is that there was just some really simple things I could do. And it's not like I don't have the intelligence to, for example, look at my credit card statements and say, oh, the APR, like the interest rate on this credit card is X and the interest rate on that one is Y. Obviously, if I'm going to pay one off first, I should pay off the higher one. Like, I know that, of course, but I don't do it, right? And he can also do the math in his head really fast. So like for him to say there's X amount on this card and Y amount on that card... Um, don't like, I just get, tend to get very spastic when I'm trying to save money. I just throw activity at stuff. And I don't always throw activity at the right stuff that makes the biggest impact. So what he did is just like, did like exactly like what you were just talking about, but he kind of did an audit of all my stuff and was like, you shouldn't be paying a service um, fee to for your bank account on this, that we need to get rid of that. Like things mm-hmm. that he just knows, cause he does this stuff all the time that I just yeah. didn't know. And like, you, this is the card you pay off first. And this is the blah, blah, blah. And within a couple of months we had made so many cha- Oh, and he even like my car insurance. He's like, you can do better. You can do better on that rate. Like he just knows stuff that I don't yeah. know. So, mm-hmm. um, he kind of gave me a list and I went through and knocked like the, you know, first eight things off the list. And then we hit pause. But I know that when I come back to working with him again in October, the eight things I did that I wouldn't have even known how to prioritize Now are going to have put me in a better position going forward. So it it loosened up some money in my budget. It got some of my. It it allowed me to move some money around in a way that made more sense, and it will save me money. And now I'll have more to work with when we start working together again. So I just think even if it's just a short term thing, um, and I know Sarah, like we've talked about before in here, how iffy we often are about like recommending financial experts because they are all over the place. And yeah. I felt really good about my guy because he's not selling me anything. Like he's not going to make any money if I do anything besides I'm just paying him a monthly retainer to help me. That's it. It's very simple and clean and I don't ever have to worry about his, um, motivation. Um, he's not like, Hey, buy this product because it'll make me a commission. It doesn't work that way with him. So that was my, I guess that was the way that that was where my comfort level was.
0: No, that's, that's a hundred percent where I think it should be. So that's fee for service or fee only financial planning. And then, um, so we have a great episode I'll link to with Natalie Taylor, um, who talks very specifically about what to look for. But the other thing, if you're curious, that's good to look for, um, is someone who's a fiduciary and a fiduciary is required by law only to do what's in the client's best interest. So they cannot recommend or it's, it's, and they're very, 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 um, highly, there's a ton of oversight in a fiduciary. And so, um, those two things things—the fee for service or fee only model and someone who's a fiduciary are kind of, if you have those two boxes ticked, you'd have to really have like someone who's pretty slimy to, to then right, also to go around it. Yeah, to exactly. It. Yes. It's a pretty, yeah. then it's just about finding, you know, a person that you like or someone local or whatever. So I yeah. will link up that interview with, um, Natalie Taylor um, and I know we had a lot of listeners love that. So if you're interested in like really what does a good financial planner do? And if you don't, you know, if you're not gonna be investing big dollars, can you still work with one? She answers all those questions. That's a really good interview. I'm so happy that you found that relationship, Megan. That's so good. And I
1: didn't invest any dollars. So right, it had exactly. nothing to do with that for me. And um on on that note, I think that people fall prey sometimes to the whatever the op the opposite of fee for service would be you know, interest yeah, I commission mean, a lot based of times it's, or
0: something Yeah, it's commission based or they're selling insurance sometimes <laughs> yes. or they it's, or sometimes it's a CPA who not, not that they love our CPAs. We love our CPAs, but sometimes it's another financial professional who's offering to do this on the side. And even if yeah. they're really well-intentioned, um, that may not be the thing that they do if they're, yeah. you know,
1: and, yeah. and anyone working with money is so specifically governed, like the way they're able to work with money. Like it's very specific. So a CPA is working with money in a different way mm-hmm. than a, like a financial planner would be or a private financial planner, independent or whatever. Um, yeah. And the other thing I think about that is that the reason that often happens is you don't feel like you have enough money to pay. So like you think you're getting it for free kind of, cause it's yes. coming up. But you're not like you're still paying. Anytime Mm -hmm. someone is making money and you're involved, (laughs) they're getting it somehow from you. So like I just like the how straightforward it is. And I felt like it was totally affordable, even for me in my position, which is I don't have a ton of like wiggle room in my budget. Yeah, I felt like it was very affordable and extremely worth it. So like even if you don't feel like you have the kind of personal budget that would allow for that, you may be surprised.
0: Yep. Yep. And if yeah. you find the right person, they should not make you feel bad or guilty about your spending. They shouldn't tell you how you should or shouldn't save. And that's, in, that's also in that conversation with Natalie is like, this should be about your family and your values and not some, I think the people are afraid. It's like, I'm afraid to go to the car people. Cause I'm afraid they're going to tell me I don't take good care of my car. Right. Um, the, a good financial planner shouldn't make you feel bad about what you've done or like make you set goals that aren't important to you. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I'm glad that you did that. Um, okay. Is my turn? Yes, it is. Okay. On a much more granular level, we kind of touched on this in the opener, but, uh, ordering food in had become a real fun habit for the powers family in (laughs) like early summer. I talked in that episode we did about feeding a family when things are in flux, um, which is from early July. It's a great episode. It was more on the, on the food side of things. I talked about how we didn't do takeout at all in the, in the real shutdown. Cause I was like afraid and didn't know how. And then from like May, end of May until we moved. So like, you know, the better part of June and the first half of July, um, we did a lot of DoorDash and we use DoorDash, but there's Grubhub and Uber Eats and okay, that gets really expensive. And I'll tell you why it's different than ordering pizza or picking up like burgers at your local place and bringing them home. I mean, there's the delivery fee, there's the tip, um, but we were also ordering from like kind of nice restaurants because it felt so Mm. awesome to be able to get like good food that we missed because we weren't going to restaurants. So we weren't ordering from like pizza and Subway and stuff. We were ordering from kind of like higher end restaurants. And the end, like the bottom of that receipt looked like we had taken our family of five out to eat and been waited on and had wine and stuff. And often we weren't even, we weren't even ordering booze. That's the expensive part. So it was ridiculous. And it just like hurt my heart a little bit Um, to just know how often we were doing it once or twice a week at, you know, a hundred bucks a pop. It was bad. So um, the good news is in that episode about feeding a family, I think I said, like, I'd like to have kind of know that this is a seasonal thing because we're moving and things are bananas right now, but, but want to have kind of a, like an, an end date to this habit because it isn't a sustainable thing. And so I am happy to say we really are not doing that anymore. And I didn't have to be, we didn't have to be like militaristic about it and say like, this is done. It just kind of happened. Cause we're settled in our house. Now we're cooking more, um, on the nutrition side. I wouldn't say that we're on our a game yet. We're still doing some convenience foods for the kids, some chicken nuggets, but they're from Costco in a bag. So on a, on the financial side, it's way, way, way better. And it has, it will save us a ton of money because that is not a sustainable way to be. So is there a tip in there? Maybe, maybe not, except that if your restaurant or takeout spending gets out of hand, just remember like all of these things, you can do a hard reset. And maybe that looks like a challenge. Like maybe you say as a family, we're going to do 30 days, no takeout and just like make it a game. It didn't have to be that way for us. It just, it just naturally kind of happened as we got settled in the house. But But you could, you could um, give yourself a line item budget for that every month. You could say, we're going to do it the first Friday of the month and just go crazy and enjoy it. And that's it. Like, I think any number of those strategies could work, but um, I feel very relieved to have that off of, off of our kind of bad habits column because it was getting
1: crazy. Um, I think one thing to think about as far as it being a tip, I guess, is that um, sometimes when we don't do things, something for a while, we forget that it, we can do it. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put it out there that the way we used to do takeout, you know, is still a thing, <laughs> like, yeah. especially depending on like how, you know, your, your comfort level and what restaurants are doing near you and how safe they're being and all that. Like you really can, a lot of places still very safely go and pick up your food and not pay those ridiculous DoorDash fees, um, or wherever, whatever fees you're paying. Yeah and not feel like you have to tip on top of that. And like all those things, like that really is still a thing. And I think we all got into this COVID time when we weren't doing that. And right. then it's like, we kind of forgot, like it's, a, it's actually something possible that isn't much more work than waiting for delivery. So you can still eat, you know, restaurant food without sitting in a restaurant. Yeah. um, And without paying those fees, it's just like, you have to almost retrain yourself yeah. to remember that's an option. And like, how do you even do it anymore? You know like when you pick up the phone you're like I don't even know what do I do? Do do I go on an app? Like there's no app. I have to call them. Well, the app, the
0: app developers have made it so easy. I mean, yes. I was like I was a DoorDash evangelist. I was like showing my parents how to do it. I was like this is amazing. And you know like we love California Pizza Kitchen is kind of our like mall family place where everybody has something they like and it feels like a real restaurant um but you know, it's, it's doable. And that's always been our go-to for years and years. And so we would, we would CPK with DoorDash. That is not cheap to do. Like, I mean, every every kid's meal is like $9 or whatever. It just adds up. So anyway, um, I was sort of singing the praises of DoorDash when it solved for the convenience. Um, but turns out it's expensive.
1: Yeah. 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 All, All right. right well, I could actually use some help with my next one. So this is definitely not a tip so much as a tactic that I know that I want to implement, but um, I could use some suggestions from listeners or maybe from you, Sarah. I really want to look into some subscribe and save type things in certain categories. So I just have certain categories where I consistently run out of the thing and then have to go to the store and then end up buying like an too expensive version of the thing or not a good version of the thing. So yeah. one example would be like kitty litter. Like I run out of kitty litter and then you need it because I don't like, I'll just buy it when I'm thinking about it. And then I don't, or like when I'm at the grocery store, buying a whole bunch of groceries, I don't want to buy kitty litter. It's heavy. It's I don't want to yeah. buy it. Yeah. I don't want to buy a 40 pound bag of dog food. It's really heavy. And I already have all these groceries. I don't really want to deal with it. So then what I end up doing is waiting And then I run out and I'll be like at CVS. And I'm like, I guess I'll just get dog food. And the bag is like a pound and it costs $15. So it's, I'm just being really not smart about the way certain categories, the way I spend. And I know that I could like, we are, some of our sponsors do um, subscribe models Mm -hmm. on some of their products, products I love. It would just take a moment of me sitting down and thinking, which of these are worth subscribing to? Yeah. Which do I? What is my rotation like? How often? Like for example, deodorant. Um, I go through. I always buy so many deodorants at once, and then for some reason, I'm using them all at once. I don't mm-hmm. use just one till it's done. I'll have like a deodorant in every room, so I have no grasp on how much deodorant I go through. Like don't how quickly how I go through.
0: Deodorant always surprises you when it runs out, too. Aren't you always? Yeah, like, surpri- what? I'm always like, what?
1: I didn't know I why was is the low? plastic scraping me on her, <laughs> like the chunk falls out. And you're like, oh, man. So but I couldn't tell you I have one in my gym bag. I have like they're everywhere. So I really just don't know how many I would need. And I think that if I could just get a little smarter about it, then I could save a good amount of money just and also just make my life a little bit easier. So yeah, and I, and yeah. I
0: think the time money connection or the mental load money connection is a real one. So if yeah. you're able to streamline something. Um, It's not just a cost savings, but it's kind of like an efficiency thing. Well, I do have one suggestion for you specifically on the pet stuff um, only because I've done it myself and then we'll let listeners weigh in on a, on bigger strategies. But I did try chewy.com, not sponsored, not affiliate. I I don't know why I tried it. I think I saw like a really good coupon offer. Um, And it was during the pandemic when typically PetSmart was still on our, like that was still a big box store that we would actually go to, you know, when we needed to. And so- as we weren't going out in the world more, I gave it a try. Um, for pet stuff, if you can figure out how often you need it, their subscribe and save, um, program is really easy to use. Like you can set up exactly which product and exactly how often. And I, now I sound, sound like I'm giving a commercial, but I'm really
1: not. And no, I actually did- you're the second person this week who's told me this similar stuff about chewy. So, well, yeah. yeah. And, and I yeah. actually
0: used the um, subscription one for a little while for the Guinea pig. So we have a Guinea pig, which sounds like it's not um, like a terribly complicated animal to take care of, but they eat hay and hay is large in size and they eat a lot of it. It's not very expensive, like pound for pound, but you do need, you need a lot of hay and then you need their bedding. And both of those things come in very large bags. And so, yeah, I, I am a fan. I actually went off of the subscribe and save when we moved because I just wasn't sure like how much we, if we had too much for a while, but every time I've gone on or off or changed the frequency, it's been super easy. Um, and if you have multiple pets, that's like a no brainer. I actually should go on there and put like dog bones on a rotation. And now that we're in our house, like just set everything up on rotation. So I've, I've had a good experience with chewy. And the first time you do the subscribe, it's like 30% off. So it's like really oh, okay. that first time it's like a really big savings. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm thinking for me, probably razors, uh, maybe just because I get so angry when I'm at the store <laughs> buying razors at the prices. Like I get like, I, I get so angry. I don't want to buy them, but that's not an option. I, I shave right. every day. So like that, I need to purchase them and I don't want to use them until they're dull and, right. you know, scraping my flesh off. So, um, yeah, pet stuff. There's just, there's, I don't even know yet what the categories all are. It's almost like I need to go around my house and do inventory mm-hmm. and say, what are the things I'm always running out of the day before I go shopping or like at an inconvenient time yeah. that don't match up, that don't just match up with my usual groceries yeah. and, um, and dishwasher detergent that, so. and laundry detergent yeah. would
0: be good for me. Uh the dishwasher ones, especially. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are continuing to discuss ways that we are saving money this fall or that we have been or that we want to. So Megan, what's your next one?
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I have to laugh at myself um, because anyone who's listened to the show for long will know that every fall I have basically the same reset. And I talk about it in some way every fall, even if it's not specifically about saving money, but it's grocery shopping. I mean, I definitely go into some kind of weird summer survival mode. So like the way this is a little bit different this year is that during early COVID, I went into grocery. Like, I mean, I was on it. I had a pantry inventory list. I was in survival mode, like literally survival mode, doing whatever I had to do to get dinner on the table. And I was good at it. Like I really locked everything down, but then I just relaxed way too much. As soon as things got easier, And I could start feeling okay about slipping out to the grocery store once a week instead of every other week again or whatever. I just kind of went like, I just spiraled a little bit. And so um, I haven't been super intentional about how I grocery shop. Um, And again, this happens every single summer. So this kind of fall reset is very on brand for me. Uh, But I think it makes sense because everything is changing right now and it's a good time to take, it's a good time to take stock. So Here's some things I typically end up doing and that I may up the ante on this year. Um, one thing is the sales and points, like every store now offers some kind of like coupon system, store reward system. And if you, I'm not a big coupon or like, I'm not clipping coupons out of the newspaper because I don't get a right. newspaper. But if you use those store programs, right, they can really add up, If but you have to leverage them. You can't just be like, kind of just randomly maybe using one here and there. Um, not that you can't, but it just won't make a big difference. So Meyer is our biggest grocery store here. They have something called M Perks. And if you just take five minutes before you shop and look at what's on M Perks, you can save a lot of money. Same with yeah. CVS and their extra bucks. Um, I'm a big fan of Aldi, but I don't go often enough mostly because I don't take the time. They don't have a store program because everything is just really cheap. But yeah. like, if I just take the time to look at the sales um, flyer before I go in and shape my meal plan around Mm -hmm. it. I can totally shop at Aldi 75% of the time. Like they've got enough stuff now that it's really not hard to do. So, um, that's just one, one area, uh, meal planning, of course, like we've been beating that drum now for a while. And, you know, I, I guess Sarah, we, we just talked about meal planning, what, like a month ago?
0: Yeah. Well, it was kind of in that feeding a family when things are in flux, That's right. which is a little bit more of like survival tips for meal planning. Yeah. So maybe this fall is a, maybe we can get back to like, I don't know, sort of normal or um, right. less survival oriented.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, meal planning is definitely going back on my radar, which includes using leftovers, which I've gotten very slack about. Um, buying the things from the right places, the right things from the right places. And that kind of like what we were just talking about with subscribing is like subscribe and save is one strategy. Like not everything makes the most sense to buy in the same place. And so, you know, like there are certain things that just don't make sense to buy at the little local store, even if that's the best place to go grab a gallon of milk because you won't get sucked in to buying a bunch of extra stuff like every there's a time and a place for everything. Right. And so. I need to figure out the most efficient and cost-effective way place to buy the right things. Um, Getting creative about reusing and stretching ingredients. Like, for example, it's always going to be cheaper to buy a huge package of chicken breasts, like per ounce than Mm -hmm. a small one. But then that means I have to find a way to use all of them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense to buy the huge pack if I use three of them and then throw two away. So I have to use them all. It's not hard but it just requires me to be like on my A game yep. and um, I am not always. And one of the things I could do is buy stuff like that when it's on sale and freeze it. And that's great. But then I have to use it. And if I'm going to use it, to that defrost means it. Yep. yes. And I have to organize my freezer in a way that I can see it. And I know when I put it in the freezer. So um, it's just, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. I definitely am also planning on, relying more on some less expensive, expensive proteins, like quality Mm -hmm. eggs, some non-meat protein, um, stuff like frozen shrimp can be really good. I mean, just like we, this is all stuff we've talked about before, but it's just a matter of sometimes jotting down all the things and like making a plan to do them all. And that's the part that I feel like has been missing for me this whole summer, honestly. Well,
0: yeah. And like you said, that's a seasonal, a seasonal thing. And then you add COVID summer on top of that. And the way you... (laughs) Um, we haven't traveled at all this summer. We just moved, which is different, but you were able to do some camping trips and some things and you have your kids for a week and then not. So everything about your life is not conducive to regular meal planning, but it it is about to be. So that's exciting. And I think, I think the money saving comes when you set aside the time to make the plan. It's, it's kind of like, and we all know this, but both the nutritional aspect kicks into place that, you know, the healthful eating, and then the money saving, they click into place when you make the time to sit down on a Sunday or a Saturday yeah. morning or whatever it is and do the thing and, you know, prep a bunch ahead if you're a prep a header or just make your grocery list intentionally. Like the, it's both like the sad thing and the good thing. The sad thing is it's that it's, it really just does happen naturally when you do it that way. Um, and the good, the good news is it's, it's, relatively easy once you make the time. So exactly. Yeah. 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 I love that one. Okay. Well, this one is an actual way I have been saving so much money and actually having a ton of fun. And that is decorating and furnishing my new house for practically zero doll. I say practically zero because some of the steals I've gotten have been ridiculous um, using Facebook Marketplace and a little bit the Nextdoor app, um, but I would say ninety percent Facebook Marketplace. So um, if you're not familiar, it's just like Craigslist used to be. Only now it's built right into the functionality of Facebook, which for some reason just it makes it feel native to me um, and a little less a little less uh, sketchy. Like I, I mean, there's yeah. definitely weird people on Facebook, I guess, but it feels somehow like one little layer vetted more than Craigslist used to for me. So. I've been having a blast doing this and I know I've saved money because I've, I've bought things that, you know, are like 90% off of what they would have been retail and, um, gotten some great deals. So yeah, it's been really fun.
1: Okay. So I have questions about this. Um, yeah. I'm going to talk in a minute about selling, uh, on Facebook marketplace and stuff. Cause I've done that, but I, I really haven't bought on there. And I think I'm just a little intimidated by the process. So that's so
0: funny. Cause I, I it's, I'm the opposite. Yeah. Cause I really haven't, I just barely started trying to sell stuff and I'm intimidated by that. So yeah, go for okay. your questions.
1: Okay. So, well, first of all, the, the biggest one to me, and this is where I get like, I'll go on Facebook marketplace sometimes and look at it and be like, I I don't know how to decide if it's worth going to look at something or if mm-hmm. it's, if something is even worth like Sometimes the pictures aren't very good or like, yep. I can't tell if it's quality. I can't tell if it's in good shape. So how do you even decide?
0: Um, so the thing about our move is I, in many cases, I was looking for something very specific. Now I spend so much time on there that something will pop up that I don't know I'm looking for. And then I'm, I'm kind of into it, but I think having a, having something very specific and and narrowing your search terms a little bit will just give you, it will be less overwhelming and it'll give you fewer choices. Um, and I appreciate, I I agree. People don't post the greatest photos. Um, one of the things I often do right away is message them and ask about size or dimensions. And most people will write back. People are pretty responsive. And so sometimes if it's a table, for example, um, I'm, you think they would put height and width on there, but a lot of times they don't. So I will reply and I'll just ask, um, like, you know, how big is this? Um, in terms of quality, um, at least around here, what a lot of people have been doing is if it is something that was purchased, say, from Wayfair or Crate and Barrel, they'll say that and they'll say, you know, this retails for such and such here. I got it last year. And I find that helpful because I've, I've owned enough furniture, mostly inexpensive furniture to kind of know how something would hold up. And then to me, it's just a mental calculation. I'll give you an example of our desks. We bought two desks for our little office. Um, one we paid $300 for, which is the most I paid for anything secondhand, but it's a big crate and barrel glass and metal desk and glass and metal don't, they don't wear like wood or press board or something. And it was probably originally like 1100 bucks. So to me, 300 is like a a really good deal. And then my desk, which was Wayfair originally, and I know how much Wayfair little desks cost. So we paid 60 bucks for that. So to me, it's like kind of a, like a ratio of what how how high quality was this originally and and what ratio of that feels fair. So, I don't know, did that even answer your question? Yeah. I think the more the more you look and the more you're able to ask questions of the seller, um you kind of crack the code after a while. It's just practice.
1: So, are you looking for anything specific in a listing and have you ever gone to actually look at an item and then decided it wasn't what you thought and don't, you didn't buy it. Like does that, has it ever happened?
0: It, it happened once because it was a larger item and it was a couch and chair set and the, Brian went to look at it. Um, and we were going to spend quite a bit on that because it was nearly new and it was, it was large. A lot of the things I've been buying have been under a hundred bucks and smaller. Um, mm-hmm. so I haven't bothered if I think I want it, I will go get it. Um, but Brian did go look at this couch and chairs and we actually, this was sad. This was like the second week we lived here. We verbally agreed and we rented a U-Haul and then the seller changed her mind. Like she just, dis- oh. her, she's like, my husband came home and we don't, we're not going to sell it anymore. And we were like, what? Anyway, oh. so you, there are stories like that. So in that case it wasn't us who decided we didn't want to get it but he went all the way out there we verbally agreed we had her Venmo info like we very nearly could have like prepaid and then right. I mean I don't I think they I don't think they were out to steal money from us I really think she was trying I think she wanted a new couch and for her oh. home cuz and her husband didn't want to spend the money so he came home and said I'm not ready to sell this anyway that uh, was disappointing yeah. so you do run into little things like that um I have found where we live now. You know, it's my old hometown. I know the area very well, which makes it seem less intimidating to pop over 10 or 15 minutes somewhere. Cause I, I know the neighborhoods, I know the area. If I, if we were still living in Orange County, I would have felt not unsafe necessarily, but just like the hassle factor would have been like, I don't want to drive to like,
1: right. You know, like to Anaheim get, Hills, yes.
0: like, which it's not so much the minutes in the car as like, I don't know where I'm going. I, I'm going to get lost. Yeah. I don't know this neighborhood. And I, I live in my hometown now. So I'll tell Brian, I'm like, oh, I know where, you know, and sometimes I send him and sometimes I go and yeah,
1: it's all worked out. Okay. Well, that, that brings up a safety question. Cause I know a lot of people would not feel comfortable going to someone else's house um, without, do you go to their home? Do you meet somewhere in the middle? Do you, do you go by yourself? Like, how does that, um, how do you make that work?
0: Yeah. So I have often sent Brian just as like an added layer, but also because he likes to get out of the house more and he I like to stay (laughs) home. So it's worked out. I have not felt unsafe really hardly at all. There's been a one transaction was with a, a dude. A lot of times it's the women. And I can tell from their Facebook that they're like moms like me cleaning out their houses. So it's there's sort of a comfort level when you can tell you can see what other people have bought and sold. There are like ratings, like rate this seller. You can see some people do this, I think for a little extra cash and you can see that they've kind of got their system down. I can't explain the total algorithm of safety, but I have mostly felt very safe, but then to layer on top of that, um, I usually send Brian, if I go myself, we're not going, you don't go into anyone's houses. Often people are saying, you know, message me when you're on the way and I'll meet you at the end of the driveway. So you are going to someone's um, home location, I guess. So for their safety, I know where they live now, I guess. And that's, you know, that's something to consider. Um, In terms of COVID safety, I have had messages where I have said, you know, I'll be masked if it's something that we're going to have to like load into the car. And I think we'll be in close proximity. I, I say something kind of politely like, Hey, I'll be masked, you know, just for everyone. And then they are either masked or we keep distant, but, um, we haven't been inside anybody's house and I haven't felt unsafe. And the only time I made a call to send Brian was just cause it was a dude. And, um, I didn't know the neighborhood quite as well. And I was just being, it, I, it was just Which is kind abundance
1: of, like, of caution. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. But overall, overall I have felt safe. And you know, I'm, there might be some people listening to this who's like, yeah, you could still get like something terrible could still happen. And sure it could. Um, but it feels like there's kind of, um, the people buying and selling on Facebook marketplace for the most part, just feel like me, like they're just people cleaning out their garages, or moving. It's a lot of that. I I haven't seen anything that makes me think, well, this is seems weird or off, you know?
1: Right. Well, and I I mean, the nice thing about Facebook marketplace is there is an added layer of transparency because it's, it's connected to someone's real name and their real Facebook account. So like, you can't just, I don't think it would, well, you could start a fake Facebook account. I suppose there's going to be a long history of your communications. Like, I don't think if that was some place where someone wanted to be a super perv or like a predator, yeah. that's probably not where they'd go. They'd probably be hanging out on Craigslist. Right. <laughs> um, but I've also done quite a bit of not so much here, but when I lived in the city, I've, I did a lot of Craigslist transactions. And sometimes you just get a weird feeling. Like if someone yeah. wasn't willing to like, it just, you could kind of tell sometimes just by the response you would get, like something's off or like, they wouldn't be willing to meet you in a public place or like they wouldn't, they wanted you to come into the house or like they, just, I remember being thinking, or they wouldn't get on the phone. I remember that was another thing, like wanting to call someone once and talk it over and they wouldn't. Yeah. And I thought there's something either it's a a guy posing as a woman, which to get, you know, a woman, like it just, it felt weird and I didn't want to do it. And so I didn't. Um, but it reminds me of a few years ago. I, I was, um, living here at the time, but I did go into Chicago to buy a, uh, digital piano for Isaac for Christmas. And I bought it secondhand and, came to this guy's apartment um, and, you know, the neighborhood was fine. wasn't the best, but it was fine. And I'm not usually nervous. Like I go on gut and if I don't get a bad feeling about someone, I'm just fine with it. Like I don't, which is maybe not wise, but I'm 43 and it served me so far. Yeah. And anyway, so this guy comes down and he's this like rocker dude, but older than me, like probably 10 years older than me. And he was like, oh, just come by yourself because it's up in my living room and I'm going to need help getting it down. I was like, yeah. So I went up and helped him. And then he lectured me. He lectured me for a really long time about how you were being unsafe. Yes. Like he gave me the dad. He was like, I cannot believe that you went into my apartment. And I was like, "Okay, but what else was I going to do? Like you asked for my help. (laughs) I mean, I didn't think this guy was going to come to my car and then like. Tell thinking there was going to be a guy with me, then have me go to his apartment, which was surrounded by other people. Like yeah. it was a busy apartment building and then do some, you know, terrible yeah. things to me. I was like, okay, I just thought we were just doing a business transaction. So anyway, really he disapproved, funny. but I felt a hundred percent fine about it. Um, okay, so my last question for you, do you haggle? And then like, if so, how does that transaction go?
0: I usually don't. I have... um a couple of times, I think I've offered a little bit less if I know I can come get it right now. What I've found is people are motivated if and I feel for them, right? I just moved. So I get it. When you want to get rid of something, like the convenience of having someone come take it off your hands is worth something. So a couple of times I've offered a little bit less if I think like if I think that's fair, and then I'll just say because I can come right now and get it. And I've tried to right. be a very responsive and prompt like, I've tried to place a value on the convenience of, you know, being polite and on time and coming when I say I'm going to and keeping the communication like clear and open. So I haven't done a lot of haggling, but a couple of times I've offered as part of like, Hey, I can come get it right now for 40 bucks instead of 50 or whatever. Um, I just, I know you're going to talk about selling. I just posted my first few things for sale and I'm not very experienced on that. And I, I have been Kind of surprised at how much haggling there has been because as a purchaser, I'm, first of all, I really am going for the things that I already think are a steal. Like there was a table and chairs, a table and three chairs for like 60 bucks or something. And I was like, why would I, I mean, that's like a lot of furniture of any condition for 60 bucks. Um, and it, you know, it filled a whole need in our home. So I guess the things I'm picking out are already priced so well that no, I have not been haggling. But as I've started to post, I'm like, Oh, people want this $30 thing for 20 bucks. And that's like important people to will, them.
1: people mm-hmm. will take advantage. And yeah, I'll talk about that in a minute, but like yeah. that has been my experience too. Like I've been amazed by how some of those conversations have gone. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes is really weird. And I guess to add to that, I don't mind haggling if something is a higher ticket item, which I have bought before online, I will definitely negotiate. Um, I personally think it's a jerk move to agree to buy something and then show up and try to negotiate. Yes. at that point. This is not a car dealership. Yeah. like that person has turned away other people, yes. who might have come and bought it, and they you know, you've agreed to a price. And, um, I've had experiences with that before where then the person wants to buy it for less, like right. on the spot. Yeah. And that's yeah. really annoying to have to deal with. And it feels unfair to me. Like it's not in the spirit of how the transaction is supposed to. I agree. To go. That happened to me so, once
0: that happened to me once in orange County, actually years ago, I was selling a coffee table and it was like a really nice antique coffee table. And, she just was really unfair about it. It like put me on the spot and yeah. Anyway, agreed. Yeah. And
1: some people love that. Like some people think it's like sports. Right. To haggle. And there's a time and a place. Like if you're in a market where you walk in and there's a price and you're like, you know, um, or like even at an antique store, like I'll go into an antique store and it's a marketplace. There's like lots of things going on all around. And like, would you take less? And I have, I think that's actually kind of fun. And often they'll say, sure. They have like, they've already got it built into the model. Mm -hmm. Like, they've built into the the business model that even sometimes if you're like in an antique mall, the person at the front is allowed to give discounts on certain vendors stuff up to a certain amount without even asking them. So like it's built in, but that's very different than agreeing to buy someone, something from someone making an appointment, going to their home and then offering them less than what you said. Yeah. And I just think that to me feels really yucky. And so a couple of times that's happened to me and I'm like, I get grumpy about it. Yeah, so. no, I
0: agree. I agree.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: um I feel like I have all the questions for you about selling. Okay. So, so I don't even know where to
1: start, but do well, you have that's uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you have two? Yeah, so I've sold quite a few things. Um and here's here's one thing about selling. You've got stuff. Everyone right now has stuff in their home that they're not using and will probably never use again. And you don't think about it. It doesn't really, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that much money, but if it, if you have a credit card, you're trying to pay off or like you have some specific plan of saving or getting out of debt or something that hundred bucks or 500 bucks can make an impact. So I just encourage you to look around your house and see. Um, I actually sold a washer and a dryer. I sold my camper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and some other odds and ends on Facebook. I sold a diamond ring and a necklace and earring set on eBay. And I made a nice chunk of change from both of those. So there's like, I'm sure you have stuff in a drawer somewhere that you could sell. So I guess my tips would be like, be as detailed as you possibly can in your listing, but then realize you're still going to get a lot of really dumb questions. Mm-hmm. And I had to get good at gauging who like when I put my camper up for sale, there was so much interest in campers, so much mm-hmm. that I started to just ignore a lot of the messages that came through because I could tell they weren't serious or I could tell they were just too dumb for me to deal with. Honestly, yeah. like they didn't even <laughs> bother reading. Yeah. They didn't read the listing. I'm not going to have a positive experience trying to sell to them. Agreed. So or like people who are demanding or very suspicious right from the begin- the get go. I don't want those people giving me money and then taking the camper home and saying, "Oh, you didn't tell me this was right. broken." All I did. Right. It was in the listing, but yeah. like I don't want that drama in my life. So, I became very selective about people's like personalities, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um be sure you're very clear about where the item is and then whether you can help them. Like I was absolutely not going to help anybody get my dryer and washer out of my basement. Right. So, yeah. I said in the listing, "Bring someone to help you. It's in it's down, you know." Um Narrow basement stairs in an old house, just so they knew what they were getting into. Yep. this isn't like a nice finished basement with a walkout. This is a Michigan basement with some rickety wooden stairs, and you're going to need a couple people, and you're going to need a dolly because I don't have one. Um, I definitely go in prepared to haggle, but I, like you said, you will get so many lowball offers, and sometimes like some really weird exchanges, like I'm thinking about when I was selling my washer and dryer. And I've also noticed if it's a super utilitarian thing that people need, you get more sob stories and more like uh-huh. people kind of trying to finagle. And I get it. Like people need a washer and a dryer and they don't have a lot of money. I've been in that position where I just need something cheap that works. But I had the weirdest exchange last year too, actually, when I sold my washer and dryer um, or last winter. One was this woman who kept asking if I could just hold on a little longer because she was going to get paid soon. And I felt really oh, bad, nice. but I I couldn't. Like, yeah. I had to get rid of it. And I finally said, look, I'm a single mom. I get it. Like, yeah, I know what it's like to need that. But you're going to have to go to the laundromat for a little longer because I'm not going to sit on this until you have until you're able to scrape the money together. I just that's not what this is. Um, I had a woman who kept messaging me like like she would check in with me a few times a day and talk about how she really wanted to buy it. But she had just gone to Miami and <laughs> spent all of her money in Miami. And so she didn't have enough money. And I was like, OK. I honestly think she was just lonely or something and yeah. just wanted to talk to me. It was weird. Like she kept like, hey, what's going on with the washer and dryer? Did you sell it yet? Um, like I'm hoping to get paid. or I'm hoping I'm going to get good tips this week. I totally could have bought it last week, but then I went to Miami. <laughs> I was oh my
0: like, gosh.
1: okay, yeah. so what yeah. now? Um, I don't, and I know you mentioned Venmo earlier, and maybe this is just old school of me, but I don't use any electronic payment at oh, all. Cash only. I don't even
0: think I did mention Venmo. I meant to. Um, well, you said
1: that you had gotten the woman's Venmo information. Oh, I that's just, right. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just know there's ways people can like reverse payments and complain later mm. and like report you as a scammer. You know what I mean? And I would just I'm have cash.
0: Sh- I'm probably too innocent. Like I I, didn't I would even really rather have that. cash in hand
1: because you if someone and I don't know how Venmo works, but if it works just like PayPal, um, you can you can um what's the word like dispute charges mm-hmm. and it's all. Yeah. So like to me and there's all kinds of scams. I don't know. Do most people want to scam you? No, of course not. Right. I just don't want to deal with it. I'd rather just someone gave me cash. It just feels, yeah. uh, you know, and I guess unless they pass off counterfeit bills on me, then it just feels yeah. for now like the safest way. It also to forces do it.
0: people to be a little bit serious because yes. getting cash yeah. in an exact amount forces you to, you know, just, think a little harder about it. The the Venmo can feel like fake money. And, um, yeah, I guess because I have been the customer, I've been paying people is mostly how I have used Venmo and we have done cash sometimes. Um, but I will, I will think about that a little bit differently when I'm the seller.
1: Well, when you sell and there's also some really weird, like PayPal scams where like you pay them and then they give you money. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. It's like, it's it's this totally different episode, but it just feels like, uh, just give me some cash. And I agree. If you have to go to the bank and get the cash out, you you mean it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I guess my last, my last tip would be that some things just don't sell well in those environments or at all. Um, I have been trying to unload, you know, not only the jewelry I mentioned that I was able to sell, but my engagement and wedding ring. I really love it and I'm attached to it, but I don't there's I'm never going to use it again. It's been mm-hmm. sitting in a drawer now for four years. Um, and I've been thinking about selling it for two years and I've really had no luck. But I did take all of my stuff to a jeweler, um, local jeweler, like a little small town, Mayberry establishment Mm -hmm. run by a husband and wife. And they were so great. Like they gave me a free appraisal, not a real appraisal. Like it wasn't something I could take to the bank and get insurance on. But they gave me a free, like they looked it over. They gave me all the carrots and the quality and they told me how much it it could go for. They gave me suggestions on what language to use when selling it. Oh, Um, that's nice. That's really nice. They told me what to ask for and not to take less. They even told me where to sell it. They were like, well, we do secondhand jewelry here, but honestly, you won't make enough. You'd be better Mm -hmm. off selling it on your own because none of it was super high-end stuff. And even my wedding ring is a nice ring, but it's not the kind, it's not like a huge rock. It's not the kind that would do super well on one of those resale sites um, that they do have, like Worthy is one and there's other ones, but um, they even cleaned my jewelry for me. Oh, so nice. I was yeah. like, and then they gave me like a little thing, like a little, um, case to put it in. So the, po- the photos would be better. So, yeah. I mean, I just think local shops, if you have like, say you have a, a musical instrument you want to sell mm-hmm. and you take it into your local shop, even if they aren't going to make any money from it, like they deal in relationships and they're yes. hoping you'll come back later. And so they can just be I have found them to be really, really nice and just a great resource. And, you know, I did give them a nice shout out on Facebook. Yeah. I have sent multiple friends their way. And if I ever have something I need, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. So, yeah. um, great but point. I, yeah, but I did sell, I did sell the necklace and, um, earrings and ring on eBay, which that's I hadn't great. thought about eBay in so long, but for that purpose, it just really worked and I did yeah. well. And it was, yeah, I made, you know some nice little nice chunk of change that I threw at a credit card so
0: you know what we have sold on eBay I was trying to think have we sold anything on eBay ever or in the last 20 years um Brian and Reed sold some Pokemon code cards which are these little like QR codes that come in every pack and some people care about them because I think they're good for online gaming or something and so um they had like and each one is not worth any but if you can sell like 100 or 500 right at once so i remember it was really cute brian and reed did it together so they could see like their bids come in and it was like this whole i totally had forgotten about that till you said that but um yeah so basically the second half of this episode is sell your stuff to make money (laughs) and buy other people's used stuff to save money to save money i I love it yeah it, it can become a whole game or a hobby and yeah i am looking forward to doing a little bit more selling now that we're settled in the house and i know what I don't need. I was in like major acquisition mode for a little while. So that was super helpful. Well, this was really fun. So fun that we even went a little bit long, but that's okay. And thanks for listening everybody and for hanging out with us on the podcast and on Instagram and Facebook. We just, we just really appreciate you all so much.
1: We really do. And as a special little treat, we mentioned this last week, but our More Than Mom episodes are back this fall. Ooh. So this coming Sunday, you're going to get to hear, I know, I'm excited. You're going to get to hear a brand new episode in your feed, and then about twice a month after that. And we can't wait to kick off that series again. Again, if you're a newer listener, those are more of our fun and fluffy um, topics that aren't necessarily parenting related, but that we just love to talk about. And it seems like you guys love to listen, to. Yeah. So. If you have ideas for those more than mom topics, shoot those in an email to hello at and put more than mom in the subject line.
0: All right, everybody, we'll be back with you this Sunday, like you said, Megan, and we will talk to you then.
1: The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K. E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code the hour to save 20%.
0: Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left The Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.